felt like God's doing something in your heart and you just don't know what it looks like? Anybody felt that? Today we're going to settle that. Is that good? So I'm going to share something today that um, might do a little bit of adjusting. You might feel adjusted, and that's a good thing. You know what I love about Jesus? I've realized that when He corrects us, it's always an adjustment that results in encouragement. Do you understand what I'm saying? When He adjusts us, you always are left feeling encouraged because you know what you're called to do. You see what He's called you uh, to walk in, and you're excited to go after that. If you feel corrected to the place where you feel inadequate, that's not Jesus. Do you understand that? When When there's an adjustment and there's something taking place in our heart, when He does that in our hearts, you're always left feeling encouraged. You're always left feeling inspired and ready to run after everything that He's called you to do. So I pray that today, as I share what I'm going to share, if there is an adjusting in your heart, I pray that you leave encouraged, uh, in, in line with truth, but encouraged to run after what God's called you to do. Is that okay? Cool. So I want to encourage you. Um, I'm very similar to my dad in this sense that if you're going to be quiet the whole service, um, we finished worship a little earlier, so I've got a lot more time to just keep throwing the one-liners out. So when, when revelation hits, there's a response that happens. Come on. Debbie's got it. So, Debs, you're, you're my favorite at the moment. So what I want to speak about today is having heaven's agenda. So for those of you that have all taken out your notebooks or your iPhones, Having Heaven's Agenda, that's the title, bro. I'm giving it to you early. (laughs) Sure. Holy Spirit, I thank you that, God, outside of you, I'm nothing. I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to say. But when you possess us, Lord God, when we're vessels to be used by you, I thank you that you can speak, that you can adjust, that you can encourage us, Lord Jesus. And so right now, I just yield to you. I surrender. I submit. God, I just, I yield my tongue to you right now, Father. Anything that's not of you, I thank you that I would not even say it. But whatever it is that you wanna say, Holy Spirit, would you roar from within me, Lord Jesus? Would you pull the clip on the gospel grenade this morning? I just trust you, Lord Jesus, for the fire of heaven to come in this place and to consume every other agenda, every other thought, anything that would try to hinder, anything that would try to distract. I thank you, Jesus, that you would flip us out the boat, that you'd set us on fire that we'd go sprinting along the water, that we would burn for you, Lord Jesus, because we would see with the perspective and the lenses of heaven. So I just surrender and I yield, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we get to be used by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, you ready? Cool. The self-nature cannot coexist with faith. That's where I want to start. I think majority of what we do in our lives, even as believers, even as Christians, because of a lack of understanding, because of a lack of revelation, majority of what we do is still coming from the motives of self. Are you hearing me? Even in our Christian walk, even in our giftings, sometimes we don't even realize it because it seems like a good thing. It seems like it's justified. It seems like a way that seems right to a man. It seems good, but it's not God. And so the motive is coming from self. And so I've realized that one of the biggest kind of dangers in the church at the moment is that people are are grabbing a hold of their giftings, running with their giftings, and taking the giftings outside of local church and establishing these ministries and these parachurch things and all these uh, nice names and fancy things, whatever you want to call them. But it's outside of local church, it's outside of the bride, and it's actually building a self-empire, and it has nothing to do with representing Jesus. And it seems good, and it seems right, and it seems like the, the thing that you should be doing. 
And it's actually taking away from the wall, it's taking away from the body, and what, one of the things my dad says is we're leaving a whole bunch of living stones scattered all over the ground and we're not building the wall, we're not building the house. Are you with me? And so one of the things I've realized is that agenda is the enemy of sonship. Self-agenda will always stop you from walking in the kingdom, will always stop you from walking in your inheritance, and will always stop the church from being the church. You can fill auditoriums with thousands of people, but if it's filled with people that have self-agenda, there is no impact on the community, no transformation, and you're not seeing the kingdom advance. You're actually seeing a wound-licking club that come together to lick each other's wounds and feel better about ourselves, but we're not seeing the kingdom of God advance. You hear me? This is an encouragement, so hear my heart. (laughs) Lloyd's laughing at me. I think there's been so much teaching over the last little while over the last couple of years, about gifting, about walking in your gifting, about understanding what you're called to do, about having the, the boldness and, and being brave enough to go after those things. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's incredible. You know, it's good teaching, but it's only part. What we have to understand is that all of that stuff outside of submission to Jesus, outside of submission to the local church, outside of being a part of a body, is not doing much it doesn't have much use for, for, the, for the kingdom. It does, it's not building anything. It's, the only thing it's building is self. The only thing it's building is your own empire. Are you, are you with me? Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? And so one of the things that I've, that I've seen in the last little while as well is that the church has started to try and fix the world's problems using the world's solutions. Do you understand what I'm saying? I find it heartbreaking that we think independency is a good thing. In fact, it's what we strive for, it's what, it's what we're trying to build in our lives, we're working so hard to be independent, we're work, working so hard to be in control, and if you live in that place, it's very difficult to allow Jesus to actually have full control of your life because you're so focused on keeping it. Do you realize that you've been called as a believer, as a Christian, to be 100% dependent on Jesus and dependent on your brothers and sisters? Do you realize that the solution to this dying world is not you being independent and not needing anybody else but being able to control everything yourself? I promise you now, you will work until you die and you'll never achieve it. The solution to the world's problems is the church being the church. And when the church is the church, everybody, the brothers and sisters, are all dependent on each other. Why? Because we're a body. Your gifting outside of local church will only build yourself. But in the local church, it's a part of the body that's equipping the body for the work of the ministry. It's equipping the body, building the body up in love so that we can become love, so that we can demonstrate the kingdom on the earth. The church is the vehicle that Jesus wants to use to change the world, not your ministry. Are you hearing me? I shared some of this in Durban and, and even pastors were freaking out at this because it's, it hasn't been taught. But if I go and read this book, which I'm gonna show you right now, we're gonna go through the scriptures. When you read the book, it's all there. See, just because the church has not understood who she is and has maybe acted not according to identity doesn't mean that her purpose has changed. 
just because there may have been bad examples of leadership or mistakes or, or the church has gone off into uh, wrong ideas or false doctrine or whatever does not change the fact that the church was designed and created to be the bride and to facilitate and demonstrate the kingdom of God on the earth. And so you've got to understand that you getting to be a part of this thing is incredible. It's huge. It's massive because this is what he's building, nothing else. Do you know that your business or your gym or your whatever is not your church? Do you understand that? There's comments like that have been made, and I understand where it's come from. It's come from hurt. But people go, no, man, the streets, that's my church. It's where I preach the gospel. It's where I see healings happen. What you're doing is you're going and you're bringing Jesus to people. They're getting transformed, and then you're leaving them like that. And they have a certain understanding. They have a limited understanding of who they are. And they don't get plugged into a family. They don't get plugged into the body. Do you know what it's like? Imagine my finger on its own. How much reach does my finger have? It has a certain amount of reach. But when my finger is joined to my hand, which is joined to my arm, which is joined to my body, which is joined to my head, there, which is joined to my legs, there is no end to the reach that I can have. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Your gifting, let's use me as an example, as an evangelist. Let's say I'm a, I'm a little finger. I'm that meeting point between somebody else and the gospel because that's my passion. I want to go tell people about Jesus. But if I take my gifting and I make it a ministry external to local church, now I'm passionate about going and and touching people. I want to touch people for Jesus. And I'm going and doing that and I'm I'm putting all my effort into that and it's kind of all the ministries and this is nothing against all this other stuff. But hear the point, hear my heart. I go and do all of that and and what's happening is I've got this little finger and I've got this reach and maybe I touch two or three people with this little reach that I have. Maybe I touch two or 3,000 people with this little reach that I have. But I will never walk in the fullness of what this finger was created to do. I will never walk in the fullness of what my gifting is actually designed for. And I'm gonna prove it to you now. We're gonna go to scripture. I just want you to catch this. When I am joint to the body, when I'm in submission to the head, do you realize that this finger cannot move unless this brain tells it to move? You know that if you chop my head off, this body doesn't work. But if I'm surrendered and submitted to the head and I'm joined to every other part of the body, there is no end to what God can do with me. What's so beautiful about that is that it's not just me. All of you get to be a part of it. So Debbie goes and gets a prophetic picture and she draws and paints this prophetic picture. We get to be a part of it. It's ours. Are you hearing this? She sees a picture that she releases in this local house and every single one of us get to say, that's mine. Because she's a part of this body and she's releasing it in this house. Come on, man, this is good. I think majority of, of our problems individually and the problems in the local church are because we still do not understand what it means to die. When you gave your life to Jesus, Jesus said, come and die. I've been a Christian for a long time. Well, I called myself a Christian for a long time. And only two, maybe two and a half years ago, did I realize what it actually meant to be a Christian and Jesus actually changed my life. And it went from being a discussion to actually something happened inside of me and all of a sudden I actually knew him and I could actually hear his voice. And it wasn't this intellectual faith, but now all of a sudden it was real to me. So real that I'm prepared to die for it. And God took this kid who had a whole lot of problems, who'd gone through a whole lot of stuff and life had tried to define him and life had tried to tell him who he was and tried to limit him and box him. And Jesus takes that and puts everything to death and says, this is new life. I've called you to live a newness of life, alive in my Holy Spirit. And now watch what I can do with you. I am blown away at what God does with me. 
And you should be too, every single one of you. If you yield yourselves and surrender yourself to Jesus, watch what he's going to do. And the only thing that, you, that you've got to focus on is making sure that you stay in a place of surrender. You know, when, when we were in Belito and that, that service exploded on the last day at, at Business's Mission, I didn't do a thing. He pulled the, the clip on the gospel grenade and it exploded and Jesus broke out in the place and suddenly business guys are getting flipped upside down. Multi-millionaires weeping, repenting. I've been in contact with some of the guys this week and they're just so blown away. The guy who I prophesied about the multi-million deal, he got the deal and he got another one. God is flipping things upside down and I know more than anybody else that it has absolutely nothing to do with me but I was willing and available to actually be a mouthpiece for him to speak. Do you, are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's so much more powerful when it's a part of a local church. Hmm. See, I think most of us are still living this life where we've got our plan, we know what we wanna do, we've got it laid out, we've got goals. That's what I feel, and sometimes we say, that's what I feel God wants to do in my life, but it's actually just you. And you're just taking God and putting labels in your life to things that you feel you should get and things that you should achieve. And then what we do is we take the gospel and we try to plug it into this thing to make it better. We take the gospel and we try to plug it into these areas in our lives, hoping for a better day, hoping for a better result, hoping for a better outcome in something that's supposed to be dead. The gospel is this, I was living one way, I realized that I've been living a lie and Jesus got rid of everything, put it all to death. Everything that was not of him, every emotion and feeling that I've had that was not destined by God, dead, finished, buried in the grave and he fills me with new life, he fills me with the Holy Spirit and he gives me a brand new purpose and a brand new plan. One of the things that freaks people out is when I say that your personality should change. because we've used personality as an excuse to stay the same. My personality is changing every single day as I yield to Jesus and as I surrender to Him. Most of us live here and we're trying to take the gospel and plug it in and it's still our agenda, it's still our will, it's what we want to see happen and God must come and make it happen. And I promise you now, you live in that place, you're gonna be frustrated for as long as you live there because God is not your servant. Put that thing to death. Understand what's happened when you gave your life to Jesus. It's dead. You've been given a new life. And when you come here, every other agenda is dead. It's, it's non-existent in my life. I cannot, I cannot allow it to take root in my life because I have one purpose. I have one agenda and it's the agenda of heaven. It's the will of God. Do you wanna see some scriptures for that? Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4. You guys all right? Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4. Uh, verse 1. Yeah, let's read from verse 1. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Then he goes on and he explains a whole bunch of stuff, but here's what I want you to understand. You can read the rest of it on your own. He's saying, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, and then he lists a whole bunch of stuff that you shouldn't do. 
<laughs> Do you want to know why? Do you know what we are very good at? We are very good at saying yes to a whole lot of stuff. Are you with me? We're so good at saying yes and so bad at saying no. What we don't realize is that when we come and we say, God, we've got to say yes to Jesus, we kind of feel like we can do that. Well, I'll say yes to Jesus. But what we don't realize is that by saying yes to him, you've said no to a whole lot of other things. You cannot have a yes without a no. You cannot say yes to something without saying no to something. It's a positive and a negative. It's how it, how it, how it works. Are you with me? What he's saying here is he says, this is the will of God, your sanctification. And then he explains what that means and what you've said no to. Go and read the rest of the, the scriptures here. This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, um, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. You can carry on and, and he's explaining, and you can read that and go like, sheesh, it feels like he's just telling me what not to do. He's telling you what you said no to. He's saying, this is the will of God, your sanctification. You've said yes to surrendering to him and allowing Holy Spirit to transform you and to make you like him, to put you in a local church so that you can demonstrate the kingdom. You've said yes to all of that. And he's saying, because you've said yes to that, you've said no to a whole lot of stuff. What we've got to realize is that in your lives, by saying yes to Jesus, you are saying no to a whole lot of other things. You'll find that you have less and less time to spend with the Lord because you're saying yes to too many things and forgetting that you've said yes to him and no to a whole lot of other stuff. And I've said this before, the devil's not stupid. He understands how to, how to take your time. He understands how to preoccupy your lives. He takes things that seem good, that seem justified to be in your life, and he fills your life with those things. In fact, they're almost situations that feel like if I don't do them, oh my word, this, the result's gonna be terrible. Are you hearing me? It seems like I just have to do it. I just got to do this, and when I finish this, I'll go spend time with them. And just when you finish that thing, the next thing comes up, and the next thing comes up, and your life gets filled with a whole lot of stuff that seems right. It's the way that seems right to a man, and its end is destruction because you're not living in the river. You're not living from a place of intimacy with Jesus. And so you can't walk in what he's called you to walk in because you're not even hearing his voice. Are you with me? Come on, man. We got to, when we say yes to Jesus, we've got to understand that we've said no to a whole lot of other stuff. You've got to understand that you said no to self-agenda, that you said no to your own will, your own ideas, and your own plans. You said yes to him, and that means that every day, the only thing that matters is what he's saying next. Are you with me? Man, this is Christianity. Come on, this is the gospel. When we live like this, you see uh, cities and, and, and churches and, and societies transformed, turned upside down. That's why I think it's Acts chapter 17 or 19. They, they describe Paul and Silas as those who turn the world upside down. That is a powerful statement because that's the way that they lived. You know, I don't believe that if you have the nature of Jesus within you, that you'll have any desire to build the self-empire. You won't, which means there is no desire in you for wealth. That goes against everything you've been trained and taught. A.W. Tozer said something that really challenged me. He said, when you have the nature of Jesus inside of you, there is absolutely no desire for wealth, for any earthly material possessions, no desire. Guess what though? He's an incredible, loving, good God who blesses us out of our socks 
But whether that comes or not really couldn't faze me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I'm about His will, I'm about the agenda of heaven. The agenda of heaven is always eternal. The agenda of heaven is not that you get your big house or that you get your promotion or that your business succeeds. That is not the agenda of heaven. The agenda of heaven is that you've been given a sphere of influence that is filled with people that need to know him, lost sons and daughters that do not know who they are, and you've been given the responsibility to manifest heaven, to demonstrate the heart of God, and to be the meeting point between lost sons and daughters and their father. That's the agenda of heaven. And to take it further, once, once you've made that contact and they've come and they're going, man, there's something about you. I just, I just love the way that you love people. You're just so different. The way that you do business is so incredible. They've opened the doors to their lives. They said, come and speak into my life. And so you speak into their life and you tell them about Jesus and you bring them to a local church where they realize this is where they belong, where they realize that they're a part of something bigger than themselves, where they realize that they're a part of the body that's there to equip the body to have more reach than we did before. Every, every person that joins this church adds to our number, which means it adds to our reach. Are you hearing me, man? Come on, every single one of you are called to expand the reach of the local church. Why? Because Jesus is building his local church. Jesus is setting his church on fire. It's his bride. He wants us to burn so that the world can look at us and see him. Go and read John chapter 17. Go and listen to, I, I preached on this. I'm not gonna go there again, but this is what we're called to do. This is what we're called to live in. Let's go to Ephesians. I'd encourage you, um, if you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, go onto our, our website or onto SoundCloud. Um, you can find, it's 247church.ca.za. Go and listen to the last couple of weeks' sermons. And I mean like go back five weeks and just listen to them because we've been building on something. And maybe there's some stuff I'm saying today that, that you don't quite understand or that's not quite making sense. And that's okay, go listen to the stuff. I don't have the time to go back. If you catch this church, I promise you, you gotta understand that the potential of the life that you can live in Jesus is so incredible. You don't actually realize what he's called you to do. You think you know, but it's so much bigger than that. Let's talk about the church for a second. Let's go to Ephesians chapter one. Let's read from verse 15. Ephesians chapter one, verse 15. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Wow. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Verse 22, this is the one that I wanna highlight. And he put all things under his feet, whose feet? Jesus' feet. And gave him, who? Christ, as head over all things to the church. Say to the church. All things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Did you hear what I just said? The church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. 
right there is a picture of what the church is called to be. He wants to fill every single one of us by filling us individually. So just you being filled individually is not the finished product of what Jesus paid for. He wants to fill all by being in all. Oh, come on. He wants to fill you individually. He wants to so possess you. He wants to, to occupy every part of your life. And then when you get together and I get together and all of us get together in one place, you see a picture of the fullness of heaven. And the world looks at that and says, who are those belonging to the way? And suddenly you see the church begin to become the answer that everybody's looking for. And instead of trying to take capitalism and, and, and use it as, as a solution to the world, we take the governance of heaven and we manifest it on the earth and we realize that every single one of us are completely dependent on each other. And as we're completely dependent on each other, when Debbie moves, I move. When Gavin moves, I move. We're a body, we're a unit, and our reach begins to expand, and we begin to reach more people than ever before. And suddenly we begin to see the church operate as the local church, and suddenly we begin to see the kingdom advance. Mm. Come on, man, this is the gospel. If this, doesn't, if this doesn't light you up and kick you out the boat, then I don't know what will. And you've got you've to allow yourself to be adjusted. You've got to allow yourself to be challenged. I don't know about you, but I'm, I, I think it's... I'm glad that I'm done with it. I'd, I'd made that decision a while ago. But some of you are probably still here living mediocre lives every single day, trying to make ends meet and trying to, you're operating according to the system and the system's gonna crash. And yes, you have responsibilities and yes, you have bills to pay and I understand that. But your perspective has gotta change. Your reason for living has gotta change. Your reason for waking up tomorrow morning has gotta change. And when it does change, you begin to shift atmospheres. You begin to change cities. You begin to change your sphere of influence. People begin to look at you and say, what the heck is going on, man? This is incredible. Every time I meet you, I'm so loved. I'm so wrecked. I'm so convicted. I'm so challenged. I'm so touched. I just know that you've got something that I need. What is it? When was the last time somebody asked you that question? Oh, he's pulling the gospel grenade now, let me tell you, man. Can you feel that? What you're feeling right now is adjustment in your heart. And I hope that you're feeling encouraged that you're starting to see what he's called you to live in and you're saying yes to it. Holy Spirit, I might not know how to get there, but I'm saying yes. And when I say yes, you come and fill me, you come and possess me. And you say, right, left foot forward, left foot forward. Let's get walking into what he's called us to do. Every single day, yielded, surrendered, submitted to Holy Spirit. And he begins to show us what it looks like. He takes you to business in the morning and he says, uh, Grant, I want you to do this. Okay, Holy Spirit, let's do that. Stuff starts to happen. Instead of me coming and going, I'm not really sure, I'm, I'm going to do that. Or that's what seems, that's first on my list. Let's go. Be led by Holy Spirit, I promise you, man. These business guys that got touched at this conference, he was so blown away that he got the deal and then the next day gets a phone call to meet with a whole bunch of people that he's worked with before for another deal that's like twice as big. That's God, man. When we surrender and, and yield to Jesus, he explodes. He takes us beyond everything that we think is possible. Oh, come on. So do you understand that Jesus has been made the head of the church? Why would, do you think Jesus takes himself off the body, takes the head off the body and goes and does his own thing? No, he's building his body. He's a part of the body. He's building this thing. He's making sure that it's functioning, that it's healthy. He's leading us. He's guiding us. He's telling the finger, go reach there. He's telling the arm, extend. He's telling the leg, forward. And you fit, man. You're a part of this thing. You're a part of this body. You've got to understand that. Come on. Everybody Okay. It's passion, it's not anger, I promise. Let's go to um, Ephesians 2. Let's read from verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the 
household of God, come on, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. What is that? The apostles come and lay the foundations of the gospel. The prophets tell you what you're called to, show you the future, say this is, this is what you're called to, this is what you were destined to live in, this is what God's saying you are. They're pointing you to what's to come. That's the foundation of the church. You were destined for greatness, this is what it looks like, run into it. <laughs> Built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure, ooh, there's that word, structure. <laughs> Did you read it? It's in the book. In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Are you reading this? Can you see what, what picture this is describing for us? Let's read another scripture. Ephesians 3. Let's go from verse 8. Ephesians chapter three, verse eight. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given, to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, are you guys alive? Are you reading this with me? So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Through the church. Are you reading this? Come on. Okay, let's go to chapter four. Some, before I carry on, some of you sitting here today may be feeling serious adjustment in your heart. I really felt that this morning. I felt like there's gonna be serious adjustment. Because majority of the way that we live our lives is still so built on the motives of self and we don't even realize it. And it's not a, it's not a heavy, it's just a lack of understanding. We're not trying to say, this is not a correction, this is an adjustment, this is realizing, oh, I'm gonna let truth come and change my heart and change my life and change my perspective so that I can live according to the way that he created me to live. So if you're feeling adjustment this morning, it's a good thing, it's a healthy thing. Be adjusted, come into line with truth, be transformed by truth and run after what he's called you to run after. Okay. Let's go to chapter four. Um, I'm not, because of time, you can read, I'd encourage you to read this whole chapter from verse one onwards, but we're just gonna go from verse 11 because that's where it starts with the gifts. Verse 11, chapter four, verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Did you hear that? For building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You're reading what I'm reading? Let's go back to verse 11. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Take whatever gifting you have and plug it into that scripture, okay? Plug it in. Whatever it is that you feel God's called you to do, plug it in right there. Listen to the next line. To do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. 
Did you hear that? To equip the saints. What's your gift for? Why did God even give you that gift? He gave it to you to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. He gave it to you to equip the bride, to equip the local church, to equip the believers, to be who they were called to be, to minister the kingdom, because every single one of us are called to do it. It's not a cinema. It's not a show. It's a body of believers that are working together, every gifting functioning, everybody equipping where they're called to equip, everybody doing what God's called them to do within the local church. The body is active, the body is alive, and the body's going forward and it's changing things. You with me? So to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, it's right there, it's so blatant, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It's about His fullness. You will express an aspect of God that I will never express. But when we get together, we begin to see all the aspects of the Father revealed and displayed in the local house. So when you're not here, we're not seeing the fullness as it's meant to be. Are you hearing me? In the way that it's expressed. Yes, you carry the fullness of God inside of you. I understand that. But you've been called to express it in a certain way. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, every gifting, every life, from serving tea at the back to standing at the pulpit, it doesn't, every part of the body, joined together, equipped. <clears throat> when each part is working properly, come on, working properly inside the local church, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Are you reading this? This is the Bible, man. I don't know where we get most of our stuff from. You know, I think what we do is we live our lives, we have our agendas, and then we try and take scriptures to back what we're doing instead of actually going and reading the word and being transformed by it and leaving everything else to die. If you go and read this book, it is so clear that Jesus wants to build his church. And it is so clear that you are an intricate part of that. It's okay. How many people are still confused as to what heaven's agenda is? Cool, so I gave you an opportunity to lift your hand, so you didn't, which means there is no excuse to burn for Jesus. I'm not letting anyone off the hook for this, man. I don't let myself off the hook. The moment that I'm outside of that, I go, hey, that's not who you're called to be, get back in line, buddy. This is who you are, this is your identity, this is who you're called to be. Keep the perspective of heaven, keep your lens, your eyes single so your whole body can be filled with light. It's the same thing with the local church. When the local church keeps the vision as Jesus and we realize that we're called for others, we're not called for ourselves. When our eye is single and we know what we're called to do, the whole body is filled with light and suddenly we're a beautiful, radiant bride that the world looks at and goes, oh my goodness. Are you hearing this? Come on, man. How many of you are ready to be flipped upside down? And I mean flipped. I mean completely just not the same. You were going one way, you're going another, a complete change. You ready for that? 
here's what I want you to know. Jesus is more excited about this than you are. Way more, way, way more. Courtney and I woke up this morning. I think she's doing kids. Courtney and I woke up this morning and there was an excitement in our hearts and I didn't know that she was feeling it. I was feeling it. Then we came together and I, we said, it feels like I wanna scream, I'm so excited. You know that like eek that kids do? It's like there's such an excitement in my heart to get together as the church. You know why? Because Jesus is excited. And when you get the heart of God inside of you, when you realize that he's put himself inside of you, you're feeling his heart. He is so pumped. He is so stoked about the local church. He is so excited about you and about you being a part of a local family. You have no idea. And so when you realize that he's more excited than you are, then you kind of just slip into his stream and you just run with it, man. It's his momentum. <laughs> Some of you are in situations right now, tough situations, and things are looking difficult and things are looking hard. And I, I want to tell you that I'm not surprised. Do you know what's come under attack most? Especially this year, but over the last little while, the secret place. The secret place has come under attack because that's where you become one with Jesus. That's where you understand what's happened inside of you. That's when that thing starts to become a reality and you start to manifest it. If you don't have a secret place with Jesus, if you're not meeting with him, you don't realize what you are and so you never walk in it. And so I've realized that that's what's come under attack. And because we don't know the power of no, we've said yes to a whole lot of stuff in our lives that have caused a lot of chaos, that have caused a lot of distraction, that have allowed other voices to speak that were never designed or created to speak into our lives. And they're all, they seem like great things, they seem like good things when you say yes to them. I wanna encourage you, God's giving you the boldness and the courage right now to say no. He's giving you the boldness and the courage to say no to the things that seem right, but you know in your heart that you've already said yes to something else. And let me encourage you with this, the yes to Jesus is always upstream. If the world's not looking at your yes and going, buddy, that looks a little bit dodgy, that looks a bit dangerous, that's a bit scary, I don't think you should do that, that's serious risk. If the world's not doing that, you probably find you don't understand what you've said yes to. Or you're still saying yes to the other stuff as well. But when you say no and you say yes to Jesus, everybody's gonna look at you and say, dude, you're crazy, you're out of your mind. And we are. I'm serious, man. I'm so not out of my mind that I'm out of yours. <laughs> Seriously, if we would understand what it means to be a Christian, if we would understand what it means to be the local church, <laughs> the life that you're called to live in Jesus is incredible. Your business meetings, sitting in boardrooms or whatever it is that you do, the people that you meet with. Imagine if your, your only agenda in that meeting is actually making sure that he understands who he is and that he encounters Jesus and your business deal is just a byproduct of being a son. Imagine having such a trust and a reliance and a dependence in Jesus that I'm not really phased as to whether I get the deal or not. But what I'm more concerned about is you understanding who you are, you knowing Jesus, because that counts for eternity. My business deal doesn't. And so when I stand before Jesus, I don't wanna say, hey, Lord, I, I had you know, 60 business deals that were incredible and I really did well in my business. I wanna stand before Jesus and say, thousands came to know Jesus because of me. You came, changed my life, you possessed me, you occupied my life and you touched thousands of people through me. I was a part of a local church that turned a city upside down, that turned a nation upside down. 
I was a part of the bride that knew who she was and started to walk in her destiny. That's what I want to say when I get to Jesus. In fact, I probably won't even, I won't even be able to say it. I'll be so in love, so starstruck. But he'll say it for me. How many people want that, man? I don't know about you, but this, this temporary world is seriously lame. And I'm so over it. Seriously. Are you, I don't know about you guys. Maybe you love it. Then, then there is a problem. Then we'll do a salvation altar call at the end. I'm seriously over this world. Why? Because it has, there's no point to it. It's the most stupid, useless thing. The systems that we've developed and the things that we tie ourselves to are absolutely ridiculous. But what's beautiful is that when you yield to Jesus and you understand that your purpose in life is to know him and make him known, you suddenly see with new lenses it's the agenda of heaven. And you realize that your business is not your purpose, but it's a sphere of influence that's been given to you. There are people involved in your life that you have the reach that I don't have. You're a part of the body. You're the finger that reaches that part that, that the elbow doesn't reach. <laughs> when you see the spheres of influence that God's given you and you realize that you've been placed there strategically by God as part of a body to reach people, lost sons and daughters to come and know Jesus. You're gonna live a powerful life. And in that, in that surrender to Jesus comes the byproducts, comes the, the, the blessing of being a son. And so maybe tomorrow somebody comes and says, hey, Connor, here's a million rand. And I go, awesome. God gave me a million rand. Lord Jesus, what do you wanna do with a million rand? And maybe he says, I want you to give every cent of it away. And I go, or maybe he says, Connor, I want you to pay for everybody to go on a mission trip to wherever or plant a church in Mexico or whatever. You're hearing what I'm saying? But I'm yielded to him and it doesn't shake me. And so maybe tomorrow I drive a Porsche and the day after that, I have to sell it and I drive an old Corolla or whatever, I don't know. You're hearing what I'm saying? It doesn't shake me, man. My agenda is the will of God. My agenda is heaven. That's the lens that I view life through. He's changed everything about me, everything. And I wanna encourage you to allow Holy Spirit to change the areas in your life that you didn't even know needed changing. Sometimes I'm in my day-to-day -day business, something happens and there's a reaction and I go, whoa. In my spirit, I'm going, okay, that's not the nature of Jesus. If it's not in his nature, it shouldn't be in mine because I died and he came and filled me. So then I go, okay, Holy Spirit, there's still areas in my life that you're transforming. I've recognized that. Holy Spirit, would you come and change that? I'm giving you the space and the room to come and do that. And as we begin to do that, things begin to change. There's areas inside of you that you don't even realize need changing. But when you give Holy Spirit that time and that space in your life, and it's time, it's about time. It is about time. I'll end with this. I'm reading, one of my passions is to read old generals of the faith. I, I read a whole lot of revivalists from history and books and I've nearly finished my A.W. Tozer collection um, and it's awesome. But I was reading an Andrew Murray book. He's talking about faith. He's talking about the power of God that keeps us. And he said something about faith that was incredible. Somebody asked him, how would you describe faith? And he said, complete helplessness. He said, when you get to a place where the, you realize I've come to the end of my rope, <laughs> there is absolutely nothing that I have to offer. I am nothing without Jesus. When there's a complete helplessness that it's like, Lord, I have to have complete trust in you because if you don't come through, I'm done anyway. You may as well take me straight home. 
But if you still have vision for me here on the earth and there's provision, it's a complete trust. It's a complete yieldedness, surrender to him. I'm saying, Lord, I'm yours. It's a helplessness. And when you're in that place, you see the power of God move in your life like never before. As a family, we've realized that it's always when we get to the place where there's nothing more that we can do that God comes through. And you'd, you'd think we'd just learn the lesson. <laughs> Sometimes we need to just shake these stupid things and tell them to stop leading us because they weren't created to. Your mind was created to facilitate what God's put inside of you. And if you stop getting led by this thing, you allow God to work in your life a whole lot more. And so trust is a complete reliance, a complete confidence, a complete dependence in Him. Complete, total, 100%, all in. And when that happens, you see the power of God move in your life. And that's what we're gonna see in this local church. You ready to get flipped upside down? Let's stand. I'm a, I, am, I am convinced that Jesus is into response. I am totally, totally convinced that hunger looks like something and that a choice looks like something. And what I love about Jesus is that he wants to have an intimate relationship with you. It's a romance. And so you've been given a choice because if you didn't have a choice, you'd just be a Jesus robot that does everything that he told you to do and everybody would look exactly the same. But you've been given a choice. And when you make that choice, it's a choice that only you can make. And the way that you make that choice is gonna be completely different. It looks completely different. It's expressed completely different. But I'm fully, fully convinced that Jesus is into response and that when you have this inside of you, when Holy Spirit begins to burn from inside of you, there is a response. There is an awakening. There is a shaking inside of you. Everything changes. Everything is challenged. And you know, okay, I have to give him everything. When you get to that place, it looks like something. And so I don't believe that Jesus gives you a microphone and ask you to compromise to make people feel comfortable. I believe that he, he gives you a microphone to preach the truth and to give people an opportunity to be transformed. And I hope that you know that everything that I share is not coming from a place of I know and you don't. It's coming from a place of this is what Jesus is doing in me. And I count these times of being able to share from a pulpit as such an honor because he wants to use me to share something. And I just wanna be a vessel. I'm exactly in the same boat. I'm running after Jesus with everything that I have. I wanna burn for him. I want this to be my day-to-day -day reality. He's changed me and I've seen the evidence in my life of the change that he's done. And I know that he wants to do even more. And so I'm going after that with everything. And I want every single one of us to posture our lives in that place. But today, I don't want to, to make you feel comfortable by letting you stay where you're at. I feel like today there's a choice. Every single one of you have a choice. We've shifted the atmosphere. We've created an opportunity for you to surrender to Jesus, to give him everything, to say yes to something and no to everything else. And so what I wanna do is if, if you are here today and you feel that Holy Spirit is burning inside of you and you know that there's a response, that it, it's, a, it's a natural thing. It just flows up from inside of you. If there's a response, I want you to come up to the front because it's, just a, it's an action of, of response. So if that's you, come up. Come on, that's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. You can come up closer, I promise I don't bite. That's perfect. Everyone come where Gavin is, that'd be great, thank you. Can you see this church? Are you, are you seeing what I'm seeing here? This is, we've gotta realize that we're a part of a healthy body that's hungry for Jesus. Because this is a response and this is what Jesus loves. 
And God's doing stuff in our hearts, man. So I feel like he wants to flip us upside down. I feel like there's an adjustment. I feel like there's certain things that we've believed that are lies, and he's just getting rid of that stuff. Can we put maybe that, um, that pad thing on? Thanks, bro. So what I want us to do is let's just start off by posturing our hearts in that place. You've heard something. You've heard truth. Let it permeate. Let it go real deep. Just, just position yourself right now to receive from Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Shira baba shundurukusandara baba shandaye. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that when you called us, you called us to come and die so that we can live. We've got to understand what we what we are dead to so that we can know what we're living in, Lord Jesus. So I just pray for every single person that's responding, Lord God. Every single person, it looks like it's everyone in the church, our entire church. Thank you, Jesus, for this incredible bride. Lord, every person that's responding, every heart that's responding in this place, I thank you, God, that as we display our hunger, that you would come, Holy Spirit, and fill us, that you would come and occupy us, that you would come and possess us in such a way that we are changed forever, Lord God. And I thank you, Jesus, that those areas in our lives where we've believed the lie, well, we've been living in a wrong system, or maybe there's been uh, things that we, that we do in our lives that are still coming from a motive of self. God, I thank you right now that by your Holy Spirit, all of those things are put to death, that we just yield and we surrender, and as we yield and surrender to you, those things are buried, they're dead, they don't have a voice, they're just an echo, and we don't have to listen to it anymore. And as we yield to your voice, and as we look into your eyes, and as we surrender to you, as we're led by you, Lord Jesus, I thank you that your truth comes and becomes the foundation of our lives. It transforms us from the inside out. It changes our perspective, it changes the lenses, Lord Jesus. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the fire of heaven to come on every single person in this room right now and to consume every part of them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Leave nothing untouched, Lord God. Leave nothing unchanged. Come and consume every part of our lives. God, I thank you right now as we, as we display our hunger, you come rushing in like a flood. You don't hold back. There is no reason for you to hold back because you paid the ultimate price. There is no sin too big, no failure too intimidating, no disappointment too great. Your love covers all, Lord Jesus, and, and your love is so wild and furious and passionate for me, Lord God, that you consume everything. God, I thank you that today is not another meeting, it's not another mundane routine service, but today is a day that we are changed, that we are transformed, that we are equipped and empowered to live as sons and daughters. Father, I thank you that every single agenda that's not from heaven would die right now in Jesus' name. We lay it down. We chuck it into the fire, Lord Jesus. I thank you that every single one of us would walk out of this building carrying the agenda of heaven, that we would see with the perspective of heaven, that we would carry the will of God, that every decision that we make would be based on who you are and what you're doing, would be based on knowing you and making you known. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that every single person here has been given a sphere of influence, whether it's school, university, workplace, house moms, or, or whatever it is, Lord Jesus, stay-at-home moms. God, I thank you that you've given us a sphere of influence. And it's from our kids and our spouses all the way to the strangers that we've never met, people that we walk past every single day. Father, would you put a burning passion in our hearts for the lost, Lord Jesus? Would we begin to see lost sons and daughters with the lenses of heaven? Would we realize that we are walking past people that do not know you and they are crying out for an answer and we carry it? Would we realize that we are a part of a body, Lord Jesus, a body that is advancing the kingdom, that is building the kingdom, Lord Jesus? Father, I thank you that you've become our vision and because you've become our vision, you've become our reason. You've become the reason we wake up. 
God, I pray that where there's been situations where the devil has come and tried to distract, where the enemy has come and brought chaos into our lives or, or brought situations that have brought strain and, and, and we've tried, the devil's tried to make us tired, I just tell it to shut up right now. I tell the voices that are not Holy Spirit, I tell them to shut up and to leave. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that your voice would be louder than any other voice in every single situation in every single sphere of influence, in every business, in every home, God, right now, I contend in the spirit for every single family in 24-7 church, and I thank you that they will be defined by your Holy Spirit, by the voice of Holy Spirit. God, that you would, you would renew relationships, broken relationships, Lord God. Father, I thank you for the men in 24-7 church. God, I thank you for the lion of Judah that begins to roar from within every single one of them, that they would rise up and lead their families, lead their homes, that they would take their rightful place, the things that you've called them to do in the spheres of business that they've been given, Lord God, that they would manifest heaven in such an incredible way, Lord God, that we would see a wave of your glory like never seen before through the men, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, that every single one of them are called to greatness. Right now, I thank you for an alignment to truth, for uh, for a setting free, of all the things that have tried to hold them back, of all the lies that we've believed. Father, I thank you for every single woman in this church, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for the greatness that's on their lives. I thank you, God, that you've given them a voice. And God, when that voice is in this local house, when it's, when it's surrendered to your bride, when it's surrendered to the church, Lord God, it is so powerful and it begins to roar because you are behind it. Father, I thank you for the creative woman in this church, Lord Jesus, for the creative men, in this church. God, that you would breathe over them right now. Where they've been silenced or where there's been a dullness, where there's been a blockage, God, I thank you that you would just rip open the doors, Lord Jesus. That you would just rip open all the stuff that's trying to stop them from walking in it, God, that they would come running into creativity, God, because you are creativity, Lord Jesus. I thank you for an explosion of those gifts in this house. God, I thank you for the dancers as well, Lord Jesus. God, dance is so much more than movement, it's intimacy. It's intimacy, it's, a, it's an expression of oneness. I thank you, God, that you are restoring and redeeming the dance in the local church, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for the pastors, for the teachers, for the prophets, for the apostles, for the evangelists. God, would you stir up the fivefold in the local church again, Lord God? Would they understand that they've been given the gift for the local house, for the saints, to equip the bride to be the bride? Father, I thank you for every single encourager, every single servant-hearted believer. God, that you would help us to see this church, this bride, the way that you see it, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that where there's been junk that's covered the lenses, Lord God, where there's been people that are struggling to see clearly that where there's the truth is, they've struggled to receive truth because of the lies. Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses those lenses. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that redeems and renews and transforms our perspectives. Father, you know the junk in our lives and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that as we surrender to you, you get rid of all of that stuff, Lord God. You get rid of all of it so that we are fully, fully equipped and empowered and enabled to walk in what you've called us to walk in. Beloved, you've got to understand that it's all about Him, that it's all about Jesus. There is nothing that you can do outside of Him that will ever, 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 ever establish or accomplish anything. He's done it, He's finished it, He's put Himself inside of you. And as you begin to yield and surrender to Him, He begins to use you as His hands and feet, as the vessels of refreshment 
as rivers of living water in this land. And when you're in situations that seem like a desert land, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that they would understand that they are one with you. And just as the rivers flow from your feet, so they flow from ours, Lord Jesus. As we begin to breathe with the breath of heaven into those situations, into those desert lands, we transform the land into beautiful, luscious, fruitful land, Lord God. Father, I thank you that this church would be known as a church belonging to the way that this church would be looked at and, and the world would look at 24-7 and say, who are those that turn the world upside down? That we would know that we're a part of something bigger, Lord Jesus. So right now, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the fire of heaven in every single heart, transforming, changing. Even right now where there's physical healings that need, to, that need to happen. Father, I thank you that you do that. Your glory, Lord Jesus, comes and touches every single body in this place right now, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that where there's been torment, where the enemy has been lying and there's been these thoughts and there's been uh, suicidal thoughts and all this junk. Father, I thank you for freedom that's here this morning in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, that you would so come and occupy every life, every mind, that you would bring our minds into submission with Christ, that we would understand that we are led by the Spirit and nothing else. Father, would you reveal our value? Would, we, would you reveal that we are sons and daughters? Father, I pray where there's been attacks in the night where people are not sleeping, God, I just speak to that and I turn that whole thing upside down. I thank you for rest, Lord Jesus, as there's a complete trust, a complete dependence, a complete reliance, and a complete confidence in you, Lord Jesus. There is nothing we can do. It's all about you, Lord. And there is a rest in that place. Can you join hands? Everybody just join hands with the person next to you. Father, I just lift up 24-7 church, corporately together, every single one of us. We lift up this house, we lift up this church, and we say, thank you, God, that you have such incredible vision for this house. You are calling us to model something. You are calling us to be on the front lines, to pioneer something, Lord Jesus. You're about to touch the earth in a way that we've never seen before. You're about to pour out your spirit in an increased anointing, in an increased glory that we've never seen before, Lord Jesus. And we say yes to everything that you've called us to, Lord God. I thank you that this is a body that is alive, that is dynamic, that is vibrant, that is full of hope, that is full of life, that is full of passion, Lord Jesus, that we carry the lenses of heaven, that we would see every single sphere of influence as a, an, an opportunity to reach the lost, Lord Jesus, to reach lost sons and daughters, that we would see ourselves as fully belonging in this house, Lord Jesus, that every gift, that every calling, that every heart, that every idea in this, in this church, so long as it's submitted to Christ and submitted to leadership, is here to equip, is here to refresh, and is here to take us forward. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in 24-7 Church. I thank you that this is an exciting time to be alive because you are shifting things, you're shaking things, you're turning things upside down. What's running through my head right now, and we'll end with this, but I just, there's such an impartation. In Acts chapter four, <laughs> Peter and John have just experienced the first kind of wave of persecution, they get arrested, they get whipped. And they come to the believers and they say, this is what happened and we got whipped, we got beaten and they, they explain everything and the church gets together <laughs> and they begin to pray. And they don't pray, God, would you take away the hard times? Would you take away the persecution? Would you take away the whipping and the beatings? They don't pray that. You know what they pray? They pray, God, would you give us the boldness? Would you give us the fire and the passion and the boldness to preach the gospel despite the threats, Lord God? Would you continue to pour out your spirit in supernatural ways? Would we begin to walk in what you've called us to walk in? This is the heart of the local church. This is the heart of the bride of Christ. 
We are not intimidated. We are not shaken by temporary trials, by temporary hard times, by temporary lack. But we pray, Holy Spirit, for a boldness in this house to preach the gospel despite the hard times. Father, I thank you. Just lift your hands, everybody. I thank you for 24-7 Church. I thank you for this house. I thank you for the call and the destiny on every single individual and on us as a church. You've activated something. You've put us on the front foot today. Do you hear that, beloved? You're on the front foot. He's put you on the front foot. It's time to take ground. Father, I thank you right now for courage, for boldness, and for fire in every single heart to take us beyond where we've been before. God, I thank you that the time for milk is over. It's time for meat. Thank you, Jesus, that you're taking us into realms of truth and realms of revelation that we've never even known before, that you're unpacking stuff. God, that this house would be an oasis of revival, an oasis of the supernatural, a place where sons and daughters can belong, a place where sons and daughters can come and be equipped and empowered to know you, to make you known, and to change every sphere of influence that we've been given in Jesus' name. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've done something in every single heart, and that when we go out from here, Lord God, this is not a momentary thing. This is every single day. That we would, tomorrow when we wake up, we would take up our cross. We would die to ourselves. We would surrender to you and allow you to burn in our lives, allow you to make yourself known through us in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for our home groups this week, Lord God. Our home groups in the midweek. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the fire of heaven in every single one of those home groups. That you would change us, transform us, that there'd be growth like we've never seen before. That we would unpack truth, Lord God. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. And I thank you that this is a body that is growing, that is advancing. You've got incredible things to come. We're excited and we are so happy, Lord Jesus. We're filled with joy because your presence is here. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So here's, here's what I want you guys to know. When this kind of stuff happens, man, I, the best way for me to explain it, and this is for every single one of you, is it's like, it's like Jesus comes and takes control and he begins to, to do something. And all we've got to do is just yield, surrender, and say yes. It's okay, what do you want to do? And let's run with it. And this is how we start our days. Wake up tomorrow morning and say, Jesus, I'm yours. Every part of me is yours. Every part of my life, what do you want me to do? What have you got for me today? And you know what's amazing is sometimes it's as simple as he says, hey, Howard, you're gonna meet so-and-so today. Here's a word for him. I want you to tell my son this. I want you to tell my daughter this. I want you to encourage with this. I want you to tell them who they are. You're walking past people every single day. Every single day you're walking past people that need to know Jesus. And you might be saying, I'm an introvert. I don't really care. That died. Put it to death. Allow it to be put to death. I was an introvert. Then I was an extrovert. Then I was a Christian. Serious. And what's beautiful is that when you're possessed by love, it looks different in every single situation. Sometimes it means the small whisper. Sometimes it means getting on the floor and weeping with somebody. And other times it means roaring over people and contending. And God's gonna do that in every single one of you. Everybody look me in the eye. Do you realize that he wants to use you? Do you realize that he's gonna do this inside of every single one of you, that you've been given people to reach that we will never reach? It's yours. He's given it to you. It's your inheritance. Burn for Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord.